0: It is Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. It is episode 67, and it's a bonus episode of Tone the to Slab, pitching with David Cohn. It's David Cohn, it's James Smythe, myself, Justin Shackle, Dan Rourke, the biggest Aaron Judge stan, our producer, is with us as well, and we are coming at you here with this bonus ep because Aaron Judge is reportedly re-signing with the New York Yankees. The deal reportedly nine years 360 million bucks judge reportedly turned down offers from the giants and the Padres larger offers at that so there is a a whole lot to unpack here but the biggest takeaway with how all of this unfolded guys Aaron judge and his agents his team could not have played this any better from start to finish
1: yeah, You get the feeling. What's the old saying? You know, uh, 10 years, 20 years from now, there'll, there'll be a, a course in college about how to handle free agency but an agents and a players course. And really the agents you never hear from, you know, the agent. Obviously, Aaron Judge's agents did a great job here and deserve a lot of credit. But the player himself was the one who nobody could read throughout the whole season. Really, it's 62 home runs and said all the right things. And up until the last minute, nobody—literally nobody—outside of his inner circle knew what he was thinking or what he was going to do. From a player standpoint, I got to take my hat off to Aaron Judge because that's a hard thing to do. I've been there, I've done it. It's hard to keep your your emotions in check. Uh, even Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone—nobody knew, nobody knew anything until the uh, the official announcement came out.
2: Yeah, I turned two hundred thirteen million into three hundred sixty. One of the <laughs> biggest, best walkier bets a guy could ever make on himself and it paid off beautifully
0: yeah so not revealing his cards at all i think that was so impressive because like david said up until the the leak was presented out on twitter from john morosi ken rosenthal all of the big newsbreakers in baseball no one knew what was important to Aaron Judge and in the end being a Yankee having that that Yankee legacy apparently was and is this important to him so he played this out perfectly with one what james was just saying betting on himself going on to set on the new american league home run record and in the end it's made him an extra two years and 146 million from the yankees opening day offer and then the the tactics in the last week what david was kind of alluding to as well Kind of like a lot of mind games, starting with unfollowing certain social media accounts. There was the release of the Time Magazine article with some really revealing quotes that didn't paint the Yankees in the best light. Him going to the, the Bucks game, yeah, he you know he lives in Tampa. He could have gone to any Bucks game, right? It was his prime time, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's in the news. It was perfectly set up that way. Also, apparently, not telling the Yankees that he was flying to San Diego to be at the winter meetings and apparently not guaranteeing the Yankees that they would have the chance to match an offer for Aaron judge. So all of that played out to his advantage, David, you're right. This should be uh, that, that timeline should just be in a textbook and be taught at, at sports agent school
1: forever. It- it was almost on the Elon Musk level of following his private jet. You know, there were certain Twitter accounts that were trying to speculate on whether Aaron judge was on the only private plane that that was chartered from Tampa to San Diego the next morning. So, yeah, I mean, that's the level of interest that Aaron judge has garnered and rightly so. I mean, when Aaron judge hit his 62nd home run, we were covering the game in Texas immediately Across the board, people were congratulating him on social media, on Twitter, right up to President Biden. President Biden was watching the game, sent out a tweet congratulating Aaron Judge. That's how much interest he, he garnered. That's how much uh, p- people were, were into what Aaron Judge was doing at the time, how much fame and recognition he he had he had developed for himself. And then, you know, right to the end of the day, I mean... it's hard to say that you turned down more money somewhere else when you got a $360 million contract, but that's probably the case here. Aaron Judge probably could have dragged this out another week and maybe gotten even more out of the Yankees or certainly gotten more out of the Giants or potentially the Padres that we now hear. I mean, we don't know the exact details, but reports are are saying that uh, he did turn down more money somewhere else to sign with the Yankees.
2: Seems like a a good balance between – Wanting to stay with the Yankees, which appears to be his original thought, and also maximizing what he could get out of that. So he secures the biggest free agent contract in MLB history, the third biggest overall behind the Trout and Betts extensions. He gets the highest average annual value that a position player has ever had, and he gets it for the ninth year that he wanted. That takes him from age 31 through age 39.
0: Let me ask you guys this. I want to bounce something off the both of you because maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into it, but if you go back one day prior, the tweet by John Heyman, first indicating where Arson Judge was going to go, then saying that Aaron Judge appeared to be heading to the Giants. There was about a 30-minute window where the baseball world was looking at Aaron Judge becoming a San Francisco Giant. Do you think that half an hour at the winter meetings prompted to the Yankees to act any more than what they were already doing.
1: It, I, it couldn't have hurt. Right. I mean, it, I mean, in all due respect to John Heyman, there were other reporters out there too. that were reporting sort of the scuttlebutt of rumors running around Susan Slusser. Yes. Uh, excellent reporter uh, on the Bay area. It was reporting that, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of scuttlebutt. There's a lot of rumors. There's there's a lot of talk of Aaron Judge, uh, in, including among some of the Giants players themselves, that were that were saying, "Hey, it looks looks good. Things are looking like he's coming this way." So, yeah, that couldn't have hurt. Uh, especially when you're completely blindsided by it. Not only did the, did the Yankees not know that he was coming to San Diego, but secondly, they didn't know uh, when the news was was going to come down. They hadn't had any sort of feedback at all. From Aaron Judge. That's how close to the vest he played it. So, you know, Joe Sherman's on record as saying uh, that Aaron Judge's 63rd home run was how he played this. I mean, that that's that's, that's pretty good, but uh, it really is sort of a case study and, and from the player side on how you play this thing. You know, agents and there's a lot of great agents out there that do do great work behind the scenes. We may not know exactly how these conversations unfolded. Uh, that that's between the general manager Brian uh, Cashman can maybe tell us more on down the road. But uh, the player himself and how he handled it uh, just just uh, couldn't have been done better.
2: Like Tony said, it couldn't have hurt. But at the same time, there were reports even before the the Heyman frenzy that there was a $360 million offer from the Giants on the way. So the Yankees even then would have known, well, this is the number we'll have to match or exceed if we're going to reel them back in.
0: Yeah. Bottom line, judge and his camp, they were, they were driving the, bu- the bus the entire way here. They used every ounce of leverage that they could. And it was every ounce earned by judge himself. Um, let, let's kind of focus on the Yankees here. Cause I do think they deserve, some credit here. Uh, Dan O'Dowd said the other day that they should have never let Judge get to free agency, get to this point. And I, I I, half agreed with him there because up until the end of 2021, we didn't really know that Judge could be this. I mean, we saw obviously the potential, but now he's firmly stamped the fact that he's a generational talent on a Hall of Fame trajectory there were some injury questions leading up to the the 2021 season so the yankees didn't have like you know an extraordinary amount of time and that they sat on um going over a possible extension with with aaron judge this wasn't years in the making there there were question marks surrounding aaron judge before 2021 and that you know he proved to be healthy proved that he could be like and you know one of if not the best player in baseball but i think uh the bottom line is If you go back to when players started really switching teams mid 70s up until now, like the Yankees remain undefeated in never having a star player whom they didn't want to get away, leave them for another team. I think that's important.
1: It is a good point. Uh, and when you think about it, that you know, you know, the Yankees wanted him very badly to come back. How Steinbrenner was on record as saying it. Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone, really top to bottom. They all said all the right things in terms of trying to, to uh, talk to Aaron after the season was over, let him know how much he means to the Yankees. Even talking about making him the captain of the Yankees, pinstripes, captain, legacy, hall of fame trajectory, as you said, Jack. And also to me, you know, with the nature of of postseason and, and James and I have talked about this a lot, there's there's such a randomness to postseason play that it can be cruel uh, at times. And that's what uh, Aaron Judge found out this year, he actually getting a smattering of booze, as we've referred to it. It wasn't a, a large, whole full stadium, full throated Bronx cheer. But, yeah, there was a smattering of booze when he struggled in the postseason. The best way you can combat that. Is to get more opportunities in the postseason. You increase your odds to have that magical season, that world championship, that ticker tape parade. And believe me, the Canyon of Heroes is worth it. When you go, when you're in a a ticker tape parade, and for a New York team, especially the Yankees, and you're riding in that float down the Canyon of Heroes, you are a legend for life. That is impactful. I mean, I was lucky enough to be in four of them, and each and every one of them. Just just blew me away. Millions of people down every side street, both ways going crazy for you. You're a legend for life. You will never be forgotten. It's worth it. It's worth it to do it in the pinstripes. It's worth it to do it as a Yankee. And the more opportunities you get, the better chance you have to, to experience that. And that's what Aaron Judge understands. And that's what most most free agents understand, that every year, year in and year out, you're going to have a chance to have that opportunity to get to postseason. And then whatever the ball bounces or whichever way the ball bounces or that luck factor, so to speak, you know uh, the way you mitigate that, keep going back every year keep taking another shot. And that's where the that's what the Yankees are poised to do right now. I don't think they're done. I think they have more work to do and on the pitching side, on the left field side. I mean, the, those are all things we've talked about for a while now, but it becomes even more important now that uh, pieces are in place. Judge is back, is at first. Now let's bolster the pitching staff. Can we get another ace, a co-ace to go with, with Garrett Cole? And can you solve the left side of the infield and then the left field spot?
2: Right, as much as... The, as much credit as the Yankees deserve for getting this done, and both sides are very reasonable throughout this entire process. Now you look at it and you say, well, they were they did all this just to bring back their own guys. So this is basically more or less the same roster they had a month ago. And the payroll is about the same. So now you have to go, what's next? Because after coming up short in the ALCS last year, you say, all right, well, they. They came up just a little bit short. They were one of the best teams in baseball. How do they get over the hump? What is the next move to take that one little next step?
0: What's that next move? I mean, what do you, what do you want to see, David?
1: Uh, I like the idea that they're going for blue chip pitching. You know, and I think Carlos Rodon is that guy. He's a left hander too. I, I believe in diversity of styles. I think the Yankees got caught in that dilemma a couple of years ago when they were too right handed dominant. Uh, In their lineup, I think sometimes the analytics departments, you know, they do a great job. I'm a big fan. But at the same time, there's a blind spot in terms of diversity of styles. You know, if I'm, I would rather face Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire back to back, than Jose Canseco and Jim Tomey. Because there's, you know, I got to face a righty and a lefty, and just that diversity of style makes me kind of panic a little bit on the mound, or makes makes my release point change just a little bit, or my sequencing of pitches change just a little bit. So I think diversity is important. I think a lefty like Carlos Rodon would fit perfectly in the Yankees' rotation. Another power lefty, I think that would give them a, a nice diversity of style uh, in their rotation, and, and I'm a big believer in that. As I said, I think that's a true on the lineup side too as well. Yeah, it, it, if you can get a, a good solid left fielder that plays good defense can run the bases. And also, uh, you know, at least league average walk and strikeout rates, not another high strikeout guy. I think that matters, you know, stylistically how he fits in, you know, in between, you know, we saw how Rizzo fit in so well between Giancarlo Stanton and breaking up judge and Stanton, you know, how, how well that worked out for the Yankees is particularly with two strikes and runners in scoring position. So you know, I, I don't know how you quantify that. I don't know if there's a number in an analytics department that could put that can put a value on that. But I just know in my heart, I believe that. I lived it, and I, I think it's an important thing. And, and how the pieces fit together, similar to what Dan Al Dowd was saying, you know, in, in our, on our last podcast about how the pieces fit together, is really important. Hard to quantify, and kind of kind of hard to make happen.
2: Tony, you're 100 percent right in the importance of blue chip players. Mm-hmm. And if you want a blue chip pitcher, there's one guy left, and that's Carlos Rodon. He has his injury question marks. He had shoulder surgery in 2017. He had Tommy John surgery in 2019. The last two years, he's been an absolute ace. He has MLB's highest strikeout rate uh, among pitchers with 250 or more innings over the last two years, and his ERA is top five. This is the kind of high-end pitcher that... He's the one remaining difference maker in a rotation. Now he wants—he's talking about wanting a six-year deal. Who knows if he'll get it? He'd probably require 25 to 30 million dollars in average annual value. You look at the pitching market now. We saw what Jamison Tyone got. We saw what Taiwan Walker got. We see what Jose Quintana got. These guys are making 13, 17, 19 million. It is much, much better to go one little extra step and give that guy. 30 million dollars than it is to take to do a bit of a half measure. And I'd rather get Rodon for 30 than so-and-so for 15 or 18, because the the difference between the pitchers is much greater than the 10 or 12 million that you'd save taking a step
0: back. James said it perfectly. With Judge returning, the Yankees are back to being the same team, more or less, that they ended last season with. And now with Judge back, I think. The main objective, once again, at the top of the Yankees uh, list of you know things to do long term is how do we leave no doubt in terms of maximizing Garrett Cole's prime? And I think in this instance, it's adding a blue chip talent on the mound like Carlos Rodon. So I'm in lockstep with both of you guys. There's There's one final takeaway from the Aaron Judge and New York Yankees reunion here. And it's to me that the San Diego Padres are showing us that there really isn't a gap between themselves and the L.A. Dodgers at the present moment. They beat the Dodgers in the postseason. And when it comes to the big picture, it seems like they're going to do what it takes to outplay, maybe even outspend the Dodgers.
1: Well, if you think about it, The most popular owners in Major League Baseball right now, one of them is in Queens, who who their fan base absolutely adores after decades of having ownership that had debt problems and PR problems. And then Peter Seidler in San Diego is one of the most popular owners with his fan base uh, because he is willing to do anything it takes to bring a championship to San Diego. That's how important it is. And he knows what he's up against. Uh, His, 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 he's part of the O'Malley family who are obviously long-term connection to the Dodgers. He understands perfectly what he's up against. He referred to the Dodgers as the dragon they're trying to slay. And uh, they did this year. And that moment that he gave San Diego, even though they, they didn't close it out and they lost in, in the world series, knocking out the Dodgers was a generational moment for their fan base. If you watch that excitement and that gift that they got, that was something that they will always remember. the value of that is so important. the residual value the residual value on down the road whether it's ratings or ticket sales or what happens on down the road, I still think is so important and I don't know if it's become undervalued or not. I think the same thing could be said in Philadelphia when they were greasing the polls you know I like to talk about the greasing of the polls because the Philly fans were going crazy because they got to the World Series. yeah, they didn't win. They didn't. They didn't win, but the, the the Padres knocked off the Dodgers. The Phillies got to the World Series, and now you're going to keep on keeping on. You're going to gain on that momentum that you already have established. To me, that that's how you become a popular owner. Now, I, you know, I think the Steinbrenner family is a legendary family, but there's no doubt that Hal Steinbrenner got booed at Yankee Stadium this year, and we saw it. We all were like, "Whoa!" We took a step back when we saw that, and you know maybe that had an impact on him or not. I don't know. Was it fair or not? Yeah. We'll leave that up for debate. I don't think so. I don't think it was fair, but nonetheless, it's there. And maybe, uh, maybe that's going to serve as an impetus for him to kind of, you know what, I need to take this to the next level and my fan base needs it right now. And if you saw the excitement and outside the stadium, when the Yankees knocked off Cleveland and the fan base, they're ready for it. And yeah, it's tough. Yeah. The booze were there. Yeah, there's a lot of stories about how tough it is in the Bronx right now, but it's passionate right now. They are so ready for that next step and if they if it's House Steinbrenner and the ownership and Brian Cashman can bring it and put together the team that does it, uh you, the residual effect to me is so important uh, that that you will reap the benefit for years to come if you can come through it in the postseason in a big spot by putting together the right team. The most pathetic one of the
2: most pathetic things this time of year that we see from teams is we tried. The little reports that come out, oh, this team was close on so and so, and is okay. C- congratulations to you. However, in this case with the Padres, credit to them because they are they are they were really going for it. They offered Trey Turner an extra forty million. They offered an extra forty plus million to Aaron Judge. They took less to go to a different team. That's not your fault. The only thing you can control is making a great offer. Now, the Padres, they've they've added a ton of talent. They made this run to the NLCS, all while in terms of market size, San Diego is the fifth smallest DMA in the major leagues. They're down there with Pittsburgh and all these other teams that refuse to spend. So credit to to Seidler and the Padres brass for actually going for it and proving that you don't have to be a slave to your market size in order to compete. Just go spend the way that they have. Kony, you mentioned John Middleton. There's another, mm-hmm. uh, another team that, is, that has really taken a big step. And if you are San Diego, if you're Philadelphia, why own a team if you're not going to do something like that? What you're providing for your, for your investment, for the city that you own the team in, for your fan base, that's what it's all about. You're tr- the whole, this whole idea of a sport is that it's a competition and that you're trying to win. So credit to these teams for going for it. And for the Yankees, they, they did what they needed to do. They, they could not afford to lose Aaron Judge. So they went the extra mile and they got it done. And if you look at this as an actuarial table or something, is, a, is it an overpay? Yeah, probably. Uh, Dan Zimborski from Zips uh, over at Fangrass Has a great projection system. He pegged Judge for about 311 million, which, all right, it's a little bit less than 360, but it's not that much less in the grand scheme of things. In order to keep your own homegrown superstar and the guy that you put, you plaster all over the stadium, and he's on your tickets, and he's driving ticket sales, one of the great box office draws in the game. So you you did what you had to do, and now Yankee fans woke up this morning celebrating and. Now it's on to the next.
0: Speaking of Yankee fans and celebrating, Dan Rourke, hop on here, man. Yes. <laughs> Our fabulous producer, who's the biggest Aaron Judge fan that, that we know. I think he was legitimately losing. Did you cry? Did you cry yesterday? Dude, it's so After funny.
2: The I was seeing you before the show, man. It's like, I don't know Aaron Judge personally. He's just an athlete. I shouldn't cry over him. So, no, I, I didn't cry. But I'll tell you, dude. I had a dream last night so realistic to where, like, I essentially got all my emotions out. And thanks to John Heyman for that because it was in my head, like, Judge might be leaving. So like, I had some scary ass dreams last night, bro, where I was sobbing. Woke up with the good news today. So I'm going to much better news or mood. Excuse my appearance, by the way. I kind of, you know, I worked out a little bit this morning. So I'm a little sweaty, but <sighs> crazy day, man. Crazy day. Man,
0: that, that must have been the most uh, energetic workout that you've had with all. All those chemicals in your head. Yeah, Jack, it's the first time I
2: haven't taken pre-workout in two
0: weeks. Okay. I swear to God, I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Love to hear it. Hey, Aaron Judge is back for the next nine years. A legacy will will live on here as he's gonna, you know, have an entire career in in pinstripes. And uh, look, we're talking about ownership, spending, not spending. The Yankees—they have the first; they're the first team to have three players with three hundred million dollar contract so with judge with stanton and with garrett cole you can't argue that i know i know it's something that a lot of fans say they kind of just it's a throwaway line that the yankees don't spend money they spend money and the sidlers i think uh you know i i tweeted out how the padres should be celebrated more because of the you know the efforts that they make and how fans of other smaller or mid market teams should be asking themselves or their teams, why aren't they acting similarly to the Padres? And one person was saying, Well, uh, I, I saw another, you know, tweet come in that Siler's portfolio could be bigger and is bigger than some of the smaller market teams. If those smaller market teams did half of what the Padres are doing, it'd still be greater than what they're doing now. So it's it's not an excuse in my eyes. You should be acting similarly to how the Padres are operating, or at least make a 50% effort.
1: Yeah, I could not agree more. Well said on both on everybody's part. It's the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not, you know, it's 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 not about being Uber efficient, you know. Well, you know, we got to win every trade, or we wait, we have to, you know, pinch pinch pennies and maximize our value for every decision we make. No, it's the entertainment business. Fans want to be entertained, and if you entertain them, then you'll make it on the back end. No no sports franchise, no baseball team has ever sold for a loss. I guarantee you that's not going to happen in the future. The New York Yankees were bought for less than $10 million back in the early 70s. Believe me, they've done very well. So has every other Major League Baseball franchise.
0: All right, that's uh, that pretty much wraps it up. Anything else? Anything else you guys think that we should cover here with Aaron Judge and the Yankees agreeing to a new deal?
1: All good. Stay tuned. We'll be back on the next moves they make.
0: That's right. Uh, winter meetings are ending today. We'll see what other moves the Yankees and other clubs make as the week moves on here. But Aaron Judge, back with the New York Yankees, reportedly for nine years, $360 million. For David Cohn, for James Smythe, for our producer Dan Rourke, this is Justin Shackle. Thanks for tuning in. We will catch you next time on Tone of the Slab, pitching with David Cohn, a production of John Boy Media.